Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined as always by Denise Salcedo. How's it going, Denise? It's going really good. I'm glad to be here once again. How has your week been? It's been a busy old, I mean, it's always a busy week for you. The hardest working woman in uh, sports infotainment. You know, what's funny. I really like that a lot of people have been like tweeting me and leaving me comments like that. It's starting to get to my head. Hardest working <laughs> woman, woman in wrestling. Um, Honestly, right now, when you said, how has your week been? I just saw a blur, a big blur. <laughs> I don't even know what happened. It was all a blur. Everything just went by so fast. It was like one second I'm getting ready for one show. And then the next it's like, oh, I'm back to the show again. Cause the whole week already went through. Uh, and I'm going to uh, amend my thing. You're not the hardest working woman. You're the hardest working person in all of sports entertainment. You're working harder than anyone else in this game. I'll take that. I will take that. Including Sean, you big dick. But anyway, let's get into the main show itself. Uh, talking about the draft, which starts tonight on SmackDown. Here are our predictions and a few leagues that have already come out. Here is the show. And I'm joined, as I am always, by exclusively we can confirm Miro's new best friend Denise Salcedo good morning Denise how are you new Swifty BFF that is our <laughs> official friendship name <laughs> I mean who it, 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 it was bound to happen really it was bound to happen that you and Miro would be best friends he would be revealed as I mean not the biggest Swifty in the world because as we all know that's you but that is I, I think second best is still a pretty good title to hold Yes. And he went like full out on this interview. He was like, Taylor Swift is so much better than Beyonce. And she's, she's the best and she's better than this person and that person. And I was like, Oh my God, Miro is my new best friend. 
It's a great interview. You should go check that out on Denise's channel. Uh, but we're going to be talking about draft predictions today because it's the draft tonight, Denise. The draft begins on SmackDown. It ends on Raw. Are you excited about the draft? I'm pretty excited, mainly because I kind of always get excited for this type of stuff. I've always been a fan of the draft just to, you know, kind of see what happens, what goes down. It's always pretty exciting to just, you know, talk about. So I will say that I am excited. Okay, so thanks to Fightful, uh, there are a few names that we now know that are not part of this year's draft. And some of them are, are quite interesting names. Some of them are names that you'd probably expect. So like John Cena's not in the draft, Goldberg, Edge, Big Show are not in the draft. But there are some people who are like, they're not being included because they're injured, right? So like Jinder Mahal is not included in this year's draft because he's injured. Sonya Deville is not in the draft because she lost the Louvalese town. Um, but there's a couple of others, like, you know, Becky Lynch is not, you know, obviously because of her pregnancy. Big Show, not part of the draw, even a part of the draft, even though he is, you know, on Raw. Uh, the Forgotten Sons are not part of this year's draft, uh, which I find is, is interesting. You know, they've not been on TV since um, Jackson Riker's tweets, and there's been, you know, a lot of reported heat on them. But there's also been reports of uh, Blake and Cutler being repackaged and sort of moved away from Riker. So I think it's, it's very interesting that they're not part of the draft this year. Yeah, you know what, though, I'm not surprised, you know, given just everything that sort of went down with Riker and his political views and all of that, it just didn't really set or land very well. So I, I don't know, I don't see a very good future for them down the line. No, and they were headed for a big push as well. Like, you know, I mean, in a, basically a dead tag division, but they still were headed for a big push within it. Uh, the Singh brothers, they've not been on TV since February, uh, but they're not part of the draft this year. Bo Dallas! isn't part of the draft for mysterious reasons he hasn't wrestled since november 2019 uh, according to fightful he's part of the smackdown roster in case you were trying to keep track uh jimmy uso is not part of the draft jay is but jimmy is not um because he's uh, out with a knee injury ivar not part of the draft um although eric is also out with an injury like they announced this week that he's also out with the injury, but he is part of the draft and lastly this is a really interesting one Mojo Rawley is not part of the draft this year. Yeah, that's a little bit strange. And we have, you know, we haven't been seeing him continuously, but I feel like we have seen him enough for him to be included in the draft. So that's a little bit weird. Yeah, it basically feels like his career in WWE died as soon as the Gronk uh, didn't resign. <laughs> and as soon as the Gronk was gone, they were like, yeah, we don't need Mojo really either. What's the point of Mojo? We need the Gronk. The Gronk is the man. Yeah, because I think that's actually the last time we saw him was when Gronkowski was there. And I think I forgot what they did, but he was definitely part of it. And that was just Ooh. a couple of months ago, right? And then that's oh, yeah. it. That's the last time yeah. I recall seeing him. Honestly, that WrestleMania, the Gronk being the host of WrestleMania, feels like so, so long ago. It was only like, it was end of March or like beginning of April, but it feels so long ago that the Gronk like, came out and was the most irritating personality I've ever seen on TV. Oh, I, I don't know what your feelings are on the Gronk, but I did not like that man. I think the thing with him is that he has such a boisterous personality, a very energetic personality, but the issue is that he's scripted and I don't think guys like him can be scripted because they they feed off of just being themselves and that's what gets them over when they're really, really themselves. So the fact that they scripted him, it just didn't work well for him at all. I think he's just one of those guys that 
couldn't be scripted. It just didn't, his personality didn't shine as bright or he didn't come across as, you know, pleasant as one might have expected. Yeah, I was not a fan of the, of the Gronk. He's also not part of the draft. But here is who is part of the draft tonight. So we're going to go through uh, the SmackDown draft tonight, uh, and then we'll go through Raw. We'll kind of make some predictions of where we think each person is going to land. So part of tonight's pool, Asuka, uh, I feel like she's going to be staying on Raw. Uh, with Asuka, definitely Raw, I think so too. Yeah, Sasha Banks, I'm thinking SmackDown as well. You know what? Maybe they, I feel they have to surprise us a little bit. Maybe either her or Bailey might be making over the move over to Raw. Just because I feel like somebody has to surprise us. So maybe it might be Sasha Banks. I, I, you know what? I wouldn't mind it either because you can run like, I mean, I know we had like a lot of Sasha Asuka in the summer, but I liked it enough that I would probably go for it again. Bianca Belair is part of the draft tonight. I, I think they're doing a lot of stuff with her. On, well, I say a lot of stuff. They're kind of like, they're building her on Raw with these video packages. I feel like that's probably where she's going to end up as well. I think so too, because I don't think they would just waste those video packages and then move her to SmackDown. That doesn't really <laughs> seem very smart. Um, and obviously, you know, Montez Ford is, is over on Raw as well. Um, Dana Brooke, she's only just been drafted to Raw. It would feel madness to just draft her back again. Well, she was sort of like the pre, like the preview, I guess you would say. So if anything, she shouldn't be on there because like you said, she just came on over to Raw. So it would not make any sense to switch her back. So she should not have been in this pool. It would be so hilarious if she did get drafted to SmackDown tonight. That'd be amazing. Uh, Umberto Carrillo, I'd really like to see him go over to SmackDown. Like he's dead in the water and raw. Like it just like tagging with Dominic is doing nothing for him. I, I kind of like the last time he really picked up a meaningful win. You know what? I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one, Luke. Ooh. I think he's doing a great job. Well, maybe great job is a little exaggerated, <laughs> but I like what he's doing with Dominic teaming up with him. And I like the idea of having them as a tag team. So I'm going to vote for him to stay on Raw. Okay. Um, how? I mean, I thought he was still out with an injury. Elias. I haven't seen him on TV in a ah. long old time. Um, but yeah. Maybe still stay on SmackDown, I guess. I feel like maybe he would benefit more from going to Raw. Mm, like a fresh coat of paint, actually. Maybe you're right yes, on that. Yes, I feel like he, he would bring something different to Raw that isn't really there right now. So he would be he would be an asset, I think. Angel Gaza, also out with an injury, um, but is part of this draft. Um, I Maybe splitting him away from Andrade would be a good thing. Uh, but I don't know whether I'd like to see Andrade go to SmackDown or Andrade stay on Raw. Um, so I, I, either way, I could kind of, I'd like to see those two be separated from each other. See, I want to see them separated because I don't want them to really be a tag team anymore just because they've sort of gone back and forth on Raw. But I still kind of want to see this hot blow off between between Angel Garza and Andrade. So I kind of want them to stay together just so that I can get the satisfaction of a feud with them together. <laughs> Whether that would be on Raw or on SmackDown, I don't know. But it seems more plausible if, if he and Andrade both stayed on Raw. Drew Gulak is pretty much on raw already because he's feeding with the 24 7 championship um so i guess like he is officially drafted to raw Drew Gulak, he yeah he's been making appearances so he's one of those people where like it hasn't really been stated but i would say that it doesn't really make a difference if he were to go he's i've unfortunately he's one of those guys where i'm like oh it really wouldn't make a difference which roster he was on 
Now, this is the really interesting one, I think, for tonight. It's heavy machinery of Otis and Tucker. According to WWE's own rules that they have laid out for the draft, that uh, tag teams have to be traded as a team unless Fox officials and USA Network officials come to an agreement with WWE officials, whatever that means, to split a team up. But Otis is in this storyline with Miz and Morrison about uh, his Money in the Bank lunchbox and whether or not he's going to be losing that. There's been lots of reports that they're going to take the, the, the briefcase off of him. So where do you see Otis and Tucker landing after tonight? Maybe they'll keep Otis on SmackDown. I don't know. They can go two. They can go two ways with this one. So they can keep Otis on SmackDown and have Tucker going over to Raw, and then he'll be like, "Oh my god, like I'm in this lawsuit. Like I lost Mandy, now I lost Tucker." Or what they can also do is move Otis on over to Raw, and then have it be that like that's like the way that he ends up keeping his money in the bank still without having to give it to Miz and Morrison. So I feel they can go two different ways with this one. Yeah, I, I think so too. Like, I'd like to see, I mean, I'm, I'm not massively like enamored with them just linking him back up with Mandy, although I'd very much like that partnership. Um, I just, I just want to see something with the money in the bank briefcase. Like that's, we've actually got a question about that in the mailbag, which I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting to because man, it, it's been so disappointing. So, so disappointing this year. Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. Uh, the Hurt Business, Lashley, Shelton, Benjamin, Cedric, and MVP. Gotta keep them on Raw and feuding with Retribution. Love the Hurt Business. Oh, see, I it, for me, every week, it's different. I have different feelings for the Hurt Business. There's certain weeks where I'm like, you know what? They were great. I love what they're doing. Then the next week, I'm like, oh, I'm so sick and tired of the Hurt <laughs> Business. So I almost want to see them go to SmackDown, all of them, just so that it can be something so new because I just feel like since I've been seeing so much of the same thing with the Hurt Business every single week on Raw, I would not mind, you know, a shuffle of them going elsewhere just so that it could be different. Uh, also uh, announced that she is out with an injury. Mickey James uh, is unfortunately, she's going to can't wrestle for a few weeks now. Um, but yeah, she is part of the draft. I staying on raw maybe 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 to smackdown would be something would be really good for her actually i just feel bad it hasn't really been going well for her since this return i mean she's had horrible finishes we had the whole her not even getting an entrance i mean it really hasn't been going well for mickey and now she has this injury um i think with her i guess depending on how long she's out um you know, having her come on to maybe just stay at Raw would be fine because either way, she would be gone for a while. Either way, when she comes back, it'll be pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Lucha House Party, um, probably sticking on SmackDown. Feels like that's a, it's a good home for them on SmackDown, uh, Lucha House Party. Plus, they're doing their implosion storyline angle. Like, I think either you split the team up now and you kind of like move them, like the three of them across to different brands. Or, yeah, you just I, I would probably say keep them on SmackDown. I agree with you on that because we don't they still need to finish off what they're doing here and they've been teasing it for several weeks now. So they got to finish that off eventually. Or, yeah, like you said, just separate them now. And that could be like, well, they were having a hard time. You know, they were they weren't on the same page. So now it's better off that they're separated. Uh, WWE champion Drew McIntyre is part of the draft tonight. Got to think he's staying on Raw as the champion. Yeah, I mean, Raw needs the champion. So I would say Drew McIntyre to, McIntyre to stay on Raw. I, yeah, I don't see them doing the thing because they've done this before where they have switched the champions 
um, you know, moved like the, the the universe champion or whatever. But I, I think this year we are going to likely see Roman Reigns stay on SmackDown and Drew stay on Raw. Like, I think they, I don't think we're going to get big switches there. I don't like seeing the champions switch brands. I don't know why, but it just, it's something where I'm like, you know what? You're the champion. You stay there. You're the home base. I'm not a fan of this, the champion switching. Uh, Murphy is part of the draft. I'd, would I like to see him get a SmackDown? No, I think I'd like to see him finish up his stuff with Seth because I think Seth is likely going to stay on SmackDown. It's going to stay on Raw as well. So yeah, I'd like to see those two stay. Yeah, I think wherever I, I can see them being on the same page, I don't see them being separated right now. Plus, they're still doing that whole thing, you know, with the Mysterio. So they still exactly, got it. They can't yeah. leave us. They can't leave us hanging on that one. No, and I don't think they're going to move that storyline over to SmackDown either. Because, like, it, interestingly, Ray and Dominic Mysterio are uh, available to be drafted as a tag team. So you could get both of them if you wanted. That seems weird to me. I don't think they should be a tag team, you know, drafted as a tag team. So I would, but eh, I guess it makes sense since I don't want to separate them, even though they're not like an official tag team. But I mean, I guess wherever Seth Rollins and Murphy are, I feel they're going to stay on Raw. They're going to stay on Raw. I I think that, yeah, that foursome is definitely staying on Raw. Naomi, love to see her go over to Raw. Man, you want to talk about someone who is not given opportunities, get Naomi over to Raw, because Raw's women's division is really lacking at the moment. I feel like they need some names in there, and Naomi is a name that should be in that mix. They have no real opponents for Asuka, so definitely move on Naomi over there. 100%. New Day, I'd actually really like to see the New Day go over to, to Raw. I feel like they're going to stay on SmackDown, but I'd like to see them go. The New Day, um, I just, I don't know. I actually see them staying on SmackDown for this one. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Roman Reigns, as we said, I think he's probably staying on SmackDown. Ricochet, I think him going to SmackDown would be really good. Kind of getting him away from the Hurt Business, getting him away from Apollo Crews, just kind of like moving him out of that and just like let him go on a little singles run. Yeah, yes, Ricochet, please do. I agree coach. with everything you just said. A new coat of paint would be great for him. Seth, as we've said, we think he's staying. Mandy Rose has only just been drafted, so she's likely staying. Uh, Shayna and Nia, I think, are probably staying on Raw as well. Uh, I can see them going to SmackDown. I don't know why, but I feel like somebody needs to make some... Somebody's obviously... There's going to be changes, so I do see Shayna and Nia going over to SmackDown. Someone who I'd like to see go to Raw, Shorty G. And dropping yes. that stupid name and going back to Chad Gable and just being awesome. That's what I'd like to see. As much as I would like to see him be Chad Gable once again, I don't think it's happening. However, I do see him going to Raw. <laughs> uh, and the last two available for tonight are AJ Styles and Jay Uso. Jay, I can certainly see staying on SmackDown. But AJ Styles, I think, is probably a lock to be going to Raw tonight. Yes, I think so too, especially because that was one of my big, bold predictions. So I got to stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so looking down at the uh, the pool that they've got on Monday, are there any names that jump out of that that you think could be jumping across? Like interesting, like Dabakato is part of the draft this year. Yeah, going Dabakato. He's only been on Raw Underground. But you know what? I see Alistair Black going over to SmackDown. And then I see, uh, let me look over who else we have here. What about Charlotte Flair? Ooh, they haven't really said much about there. She's going to be an interesting one. See where she, you know, where she ends up. So I'm curious about that one. I'm curious too if Lana, the Miz and John Morrison would be a fun addition to Raw. 
So that one's also I'm curious about. Riddick Moss, I don't really care. Um, Lacey Evans, she she would be good either or Raw or SmackDown. And yeah, those are a few of the ones that I'm kind of really sticking. What about King Corbin? How do you feel about King Corbin? Should, she, uh, should he go to Raw? I feel like he wasn't Raw for such a long time, though. Yeah, I know. And like, it's... <sighs> I'm I'm not a Baron Corbin guy. I th I think he's fine. He blocked me on Twitter years ago. I, I didn't even know he was on Twitter. Um, uh, but yeah, I, do, I don't think for no reason. I think I think he's probably just one of those people that just blocks anyone who is a wrestling oh. journalist, which I am not. Um, I, I so but yeah, but like I'm I'm not his biggest fan. I think he's fine, but like I I don't want to see him have the same match every single week. Um, yeah. but like it's yeah, I think. Uh, probably staying over on smackdown he's a serviceable mid-card guy like him and sheamus can just sort of like you know do their sort of mid-card stuff that they've got going over there lacey evans as you say though that is someone i'd like to see go to raw and get back in like uh, my worry is as you said like there's no credible challenges to ask it so i feel like what they need to do is kind of rebuild that raw division and lacey evans can be one of those people that could really help with that um and she's been on the mic too, so she can really piss people off, make people really yeah. mad with some of the things she says. So she works in that sense. Totally. Uh, you mentioned Alistair Black going to SmackDown. I could certainly see that. And Owens. Like, I think if The Fiend is going to stay on SmackDown, which I think is kind of likely, then I think, yeah, moving Kevin Owens over to SmackDown as well, so you can continue that feud, and as well as the Alistair Black thing as well, I think it'd be, that'd be really, really good for yeah. them. Unless, of course, you move The Fiend over to Raw, which I think right. is... It, it, it's it's also a possibility, I suppose. Um, Street Profits probably staying on Raw. Uh, Peyton Royce, Matt Riddle, Retribution. I think they're likely. Saying. Although, did you see the report that apparently Mercedes Martinez has been taken off of um, Retribution? Oh, has she really? I didn't see yeah. that. Okay, well, I mean, uh, I ooh, I don't know what to say about that because it's kind of like, all right, we all made a big deal about who's in retribution. So like you kind of have to stick it out for a bit before you start taking names out. So that is a little bit surprising as to like why she would be part of this for, you know, for some time now, several weeks and then just be taken out. Yeah, but I mean, she's part of this draft list, so I don't really know that. But that was just one of the reports that had come out. The, you mentioned Charlotte Flair. I think we're going to see the return of Charlotte Flair either tonight or on Raw. Like there's the report that she was going to be ready to come back to start a Survivor Series program. I think we may see the return of Charlotte Flair here, particularly as she's part of the drafts. Or who knows? I feel like they can also do, you know, maybe like a bigger reveal for her. I think her just coming out. Well, I mean, it is the draft. So she would add, you know, excitement to that. But I feel like because she's been gone for a while, I would like to see her make like a bigger return. But then again, it is the draft and they really are hyping up like they hyped up the hell out of SmackDown, you know, draft the night one for the draft for Raw. I don't feel they necessarily did that. I thought they could have added more hype to night two of the draft, but they mainly did it just for SmackDown. Oh, excuse me. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Very apologize for, for, excuse me for that. It's early in the morning. I'm drinking my coffee. Um, but <laughs> you yeah, gotta have like, your coffee. Gotta have my coffee, which does make me a bit belchy sometimes. Um, but yeah, like they, they have loaded SmackDown tonight. Yeah, Kevin Owens versus The Fiend. The Fiend is wrestling on SmackDown. Banks versus Bailey is on the show tonight. They have loaded. I still can't believe that's even happening already. I almost feel like something has to happen for it not to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but what about retribution though? It doesn't make sense that they're in this draft. It doesn't go with their character with their characters. 
Denise, they're under WWE contract now, which means they have to be part of the draft. But it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that they have contracts and it doesn't make sense that they're in the draft. Shouldn't they be like, oh, I'm not going to listen to the rules. I'm not going to be on the draft. I go where I want. That's like my idea of retribution. I mean, in fairness, their their contracts do say that they can do what they want whenever they want. So maybe they will get drafted and we'll just go, no, no, we're not being drafted. We've changed our minds. I would take that. I would respect that. <laughs> uh, right. Looking at the AEW NXT Wednesday night rating wars, the vice presidential debate. Absolutely. I mean, it didn't like slaughter them like I think some people were expecting, but it certainly affected them. Both shows dropping about 100,000 viewers apiece. Uh, Dynamite down to 753,000 and NXT down to 639,000. It's a drop of 113,000 for AEW and 93 for NXT, even dropping in the demos. I think both shows were always going to struggle. Like, even though I think that they, you know, one of them was coming off the back of a takeover. The other one was the Jericho anniversary show with the dog collar match. I think both shows were always going to struggle against the vice presidential debate. Yeah, but you know what, though? I will say this. I think AEW did a bigger promotion in terms of, you know, what fans can expect for their show. Because I felt pretty hyped, you know, for AEW this week. Because I was like, okay, like you just mentioned, they, they were going to have the 30-year celebration for Chris Jericho, the dog collar match. I thought they did really well in terms of, like, this is what's going to happen on this show. This is a big deal. You should come in and check the show. And I think, like, day of NXT, I was like, what's on NXT tonight? Like, the only real big thing is, like, hey, we just had a amazing amazing pay-per-view at TakeOver 31. So, you know, all the fallout from that was exciting to, you know, sort of go into. But I did think that AEW did a higher promotion, which explains the rating for that, obviously. And I think either way, after the presidential debate, people were still going to tune into whatever they wanted to watch or whatever. But I did think that both shows, though, were sort of mediocre. I thought that AEW fell flat. I mean, except for the dog collar match, I did think that there was a lot of portions of it that really didn't necessarily you know, win me over. And same thing for NXT. I thought both shows were pretty just like very, very equal. Hmm. I uh, I thought the first hour of um, AEW was great. Uh, I loved the uh, the Brian Cage Will Hobbs match. Loved the FTR match with with TH2. The dog collar match was absolutely phenomenal. But after that, like you pretty much just stop watching the show because the I thought the main event was yeah sloppies all get out. Good. It was, it was, it was not, not good. good. And the review, the celebration for Jericho, I was expecting a whole lot more. I thought it felt very flat. Even like okay with MJF coming out, I was maybe expecting more to laugh more for it to be funnier but then at, at the end it was just like okay clap and then that's it although i did love like the end credits where they were like jericho this jericho that i thought that was a really nice touch hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. 
Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Do you like board games? Then you'll love Phenomenerds, a channel all about the best board games your money can buy. Do you not like board games? Then you'll love Phenomenerds, a channel all about why you're fucking wrong. If the only game you've played is Monopoly, a bad game, with your family, a bad family, we're here to show you all the good times you and your friends are missing out on. We'll teach you the different types of board games out there, great ones to start your collection, how to host games night, how to teach your friends rules, we'll have deep dives into classic games, crazy stories from board gaming history, drunk board gaming, and so much more. At Phenomenerds, we consider it our sacred duty to get you into the greatest hobby in the world, no matter what level you currently are. So subscribe to Phenomenerds now and get on board. Right, well, let's dive into your Patreon mailbag questions. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag to me and Anita, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon at any dollar a month. Leave a comment in the community tab labeled mailbag. Do not email me. I will just lose it. Bad at my job. Robert Ray, it says, I was wondering, is there any famous matches that you've never seen in full? I have two that I can think of. Undertaker losing the streak at WrestleMania 30. I fell asleep at the start of the match and only woke up for Lesnar's music playing. Uh, no. and, I think most, <laughs> and I think most surprisingly, the Montreal Screwjob. For some reason, I've never gone back and watched the whole match. Also, was it even a good match before the ending? Well, we reviewed it. You can hear uh, me and Ollie review that in uh, Patreon. We did a Survivor Series 97. I think it is a pretty decent match. It's an all-out brawl. Um, but it's it's good stuff. Are there any matches that you have never seen in full that you should have done? So I try, like, 
you know, for everything, when the period before I started watching wrestling, I try to watch any big match that is, you know, heavily talked about nowadays or that anybody, you know, really remembers or really puts over because I don't like for it to be like, hey, Denise, did you watch this amazing match from like back in the day and for my answer to be no. So I always try to watch everything. I, I don't have one off the top of my head. I think it would more just be like, hey, Denise, like, did you see this? Do you remember this? Okay, maybe I do, maybe I don't. So it would depend on the circumstances on that one. Uh, but I just can't believe he fell asleep in the Brock Lesnar Undertaker. I thought, if anything, that's like the biggest pop reveal moment in recent WWE history. Like, I can't imagine there being another shocking moment like that, like even in the next five years with the company, because there really isn't nothing that would be like just so shocking to me. I um I've told the story a few times, but it, it always makes me chuckle. But that was the first wrestling pay per view I ever watched with uh, my my now wife, you know, she was my girlfriend at the time. She came over to my friend's house because we just started going out, so she was like, "I'm gonna, you know, try and experience the things that you're interested in." You know, like you in early days yes, of a relationship. Yes. So she came to watch WrestleMania with us. At the in the hype package of that match, she said, "Okay, so the that big guy's winning, right?" And we oh, were like, God. "No, no, no." Yeah, Brock. And I was like, no, 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 no. The Undertaker is winning. Oh, sorry, like you're new to this. Uh, you see, the way that it works is the Undertaker always wins at WrestleMania. So like, me and my friend were just like, yeah, no, no. But she was like, but he's so old and that guy is so big. He is definitely winning this match. I was like, no, no, come on now, Kate. It's 100% the Undertaker winning. And lo and behold, she was the one that was right. And me and my friend were just like, oh my God. She outsmarted the both of you on day one of watching oh. wrestling. Day one. That's a keeper. I'm, I'm sure in that moment you were like, this is it. She's the one. I'm going to marry her someday. She guessed like the biggest, you know, pop in, you know, wrestling history. She should be sat here, not me. Um, yes. But she, you just lost she, your spot, Luke. You just lost your spot. That's it. We're bringing in your wife for, for this podcast next week. Uh, but she's currently asleep at the moment. Um, <laughs> I should be quieter while she tries to sleep. Um, but anyway, uh, to answer the question, do you know what? I, I must have seen the match, but I cannot remember a single thing about it. I don't think I've seen all of Hogan Andre from WrestleMania 3. Like, I know I've really? seen the slam, but I don't think I've seen I must have done, but I can't tell you a single thing that happens in it apart from the slam at the end. <laughs> But I think there's so many matches though like that that like you've seen, but then you're like, oh, I can't really remember much from that. I need to go back and watch that. That happens to me all the time. I have to go back. I'm like, I know I remember if I liked this match or I remember that I saw it, but I don't remember exactly like what went down in it. Uh, Dwayne the Gronk Johnson, uh, the year is 2022. Fans have been able to be uh, safely attend WWE events, and we're approaching WrestleMania 38. The Street Profits are still wrestling Andrade and Angel Gaza. Oh, uh, God, please thing... no. <laughs> what does the WWE landscape look like in your guys' ideal world? Uh, God, wrestling in 2022. If that match is still going on, I'm not watching wrestling anymore. I'm long gone. <laughs> I'm long gone. <laughs> um yeah what do i like to see wrestling look like in 2022 um some fresh faces uh, at the top of the card i think would be certainly something i'd like to see i mean we're kind of getting that at the moment you know drew's been champion for a long long time at this point but yeah keith lee being uh in a, as a top guy yeah i mean something along those lines i have the perfect answer and it just came to me as you were talking about new faces it's not so much that i'm 
want to see new faces. Obviously, we need the new faces, but I want to see a larger than life character on TV. By that, I mean like a Rock or an Austin or a John Cena, somebody that you know is so grand that you are witnessing history because sometimes it feels like you're never going to have another this person or another that person. And yeah, you probably won't, but you want to see something, you know, in its own uniqueness, in its own spotlight. And so I would want to see somebody that big and that large just take over the business and just really be that thing where you're like, oh, it's cool to be a wrestling fan because I'm a fan of so-and-so. Or, you know, just that person that even crosses over to mainstream and you're like, man, hey, I heard about this guy and he's famous and he's huge. Oh, he does wrestling. I'm going to start watching wrestling. Somebody like that. That's what I want to see in 2022. Uh, thank you to Toxic Dogma for sending across your fantasy booking uh, to reveal the uh, the debut of Jacob Fatu uh, within the um, Tribal Chief Roman Reigns storyline. Um, I don't see it happening, but, you know, hey, it's not the worst idea I've ever heard. Um, Brian Heath said, I hope you two are safe. Uh, with a new crop of NXT call-ups imminent, who do you see uh, of the lads and lasses being the next John Cena or Roman Reigns? I don't think there's anybody right now from like the current people that we have. If anything, maybe, hey, that could have been Ridge Holland. But, you know, unfortunately, he had to have this horrendous injury happen to him. And who knows how long he's going to be out for. But I don't really think there's anybody right now. I mean, maybe Karrion Cross, and he's still gone. I don't know. Do you have anyone? Not the, not to a Cena Roman level. Because like it, it's almost difficult to predict because what you're you're not looking for someone who could be a top star you're looking for someone who vince is picking out to be a top star like vince handpicked roman reigns to be his top guy like as soon as he came up from the shield that was always the idea like punk tells the story that the original plan for the shield was it was moxley it was um rollins and ono like they were going to have it as chris hero was going to be the three that's like the original pitch that he made but they wanted Roman because they'd already handpicked Roman to be the top guy. They'd already handpicked him to be the replacement for John Cena. So it's almost impossible to predict who Vince is going to handpick to be the next face of the company. That's true because I remember when Matt Riddle had was barely going into the company, everyone was like, oh, he has it all. Like he's the guy that you just know Vince is going to push. And boy, were we wrong. <laughs> Uh, Matthew Muldoon is that Money in the Bank question I was referencing earlier. I went back and watched Money in the Bank cash-ins from the likes of Edge, Ziggler, Miz, Punk, Brian, remembering how fun they were. The pop when the wrestlers' music hits and they're sprinting down the ramp, it was the highlight each and every year. This is a far cry from the last few years of the briefcase. When did Money in the Bank become a booking crutch in WWE? It used to be a launching platform for guys with potential. Now it's, it's just something that they're obligated to do. So, yeah, when do you think it became a booking crutch? Um, that's a tough one. Maybe maybe around the time that we were seeing people like Kane and Jack Swagger winning it. I don't know, maybe like 2010s around there. I think, it, you know, it used to be this place or it used to be something to help, you know, launch somebody into, you know, possibly, you know, getting this title shot, becoming champion, whatever. Like it was a big deal. And then I think once that was definitely stripped away, and especially this last one with Otis, unfortunately, he's sort of like the bottom of the totem pole where it was kind of like, all right, now it's officially not important. 
I think it is a case of it was when they had to do two of them. Like, I think when they started doing Raw and SmackDown Money in the Bank matches, I don't think that particularly helped much because then you've got to book two Money in the Bank storylines. And you would notice that they would always try and get rid of one of them very, very quickly. You know, you mentioned Kane there, like, cashing it on the same night because then we can just focus on the Miz holding the belt or, you know, whoever it is. I think with, and I think they're doing the same thing with now that they're doing a men's and the women's one. Like, they don't have enough storylines in mind to do two concurrent running storylines. So last year, Bailey just got rid of it really quickly so that they could just focus on Brock. Was it Brock that had the belt of the money in the bank that year? Um, and then, you know, it was Braun the year before that. And I just, I just think that they haven't had a good enough idea of what to do with the money in the bank. And we're in a situation where they've got to come up with two good ideas. So I think that's where it's become a book and crutch for them. Like the last great one was Rollins. And that was when you only had one briefcase and that was yeah. one briefcase, one title. And I mean, even with that, like, it doesn't even have to be this great story. Just have it be the right person. Because eventually mm. the great story will just fall in your lap. That's Absolutely, it. But nobody's yeah. going to take somebody like Otis seriously being the money in the bank winner. You're just not going <laughs> to take it seriously. Uh, Kid Gaskin says, um, do you think NXT will ever do a G1 style tournament in the future? They did. They did. That was the Cruiserweights thing, right? That was kind of like a, they had a yeah B block and an A block. Yeah, they kind of, it was a very small one, but they yeah. did do one. But I think maybe one to the, to the scale of the G1, I would say no, just because one of the things that makes the G1 special is that you're not seeing these, you know, bunch of repeat singles matches over and over where they still feel like, you know, exciting and unique. They feel special. Like when you get, you know, Minoru Suzuki versus Will Ospreay still has that, you know, that specialness to it. And so I don't see it happening, at least not something that that grand but like the cruiserweight tournament that was fun and that was you know that was nice i liked it yeah uh flaming life has got his predictions for the draft he'd like to see biggie get drafted to raw leaving woods and kofi on smackdown um otis getting drafted to raw ko getting drafted to smackdown uh seth being drafted to smackdown to feud with roman uh, i like this bobby Roode going to nxt going back to do his old glorious gimmick um and he's also suggested uh miz to nxt which i don't think I see happening too much. I like his idea of Biggie getting drafted to Raw. I think, you know, everybody's been saying like, oh, when is Biggie going to get his moment? When is Biggie going to get his moment? Well, maybe separate him from the New Day to where you now know he has to be pushed to get the spot. But then at the same time, it's like if the New Day gets separated, like there's such money makers when it comes to like merchandise and you know, all of that. So I almost don't know if they're willing to pull the trigger and actually break them apart. Jobber JJ, if Vince hates tag team wrestling so much, why does he still do tag team wrestling? Thank you for all the hard work. Have a nice day. Jam that jam. I think he feels obligated to. Like, I think it's the same way that AEW have a women's division because they have to. And, or they feel that they have to. Throwing shots, Luke. Throwing shots at AEW's women's division. Although I do agree with you. Yeah. And I I don't blame the the women in that division. I blame the people in charge of that company. I just don't think they're invested in it. I, so I think that they are not putting all of their creative efforts into it in the same way that, but they feel like they have to have one because if they don't, then people are going to ask, well, why don't you have one? So I think that it's the same with WWE. They've always had a tag team division, so they always will have one, even though Vince doesn't like it. 
Same thing with the cruiserweights. You can say the exact yeah. same thing. So I, I actually think your answer for this question was a lot better than mine because for me, I really had no explanation. But once you started saying like, oh, because they have to have it, I think that I agree with that. Thank you very much. Uh, Philip O'Reilly says, uh, when AEW first started, I was worried I wouldn't like it. I didn't know many of the people apart from the obvious like Jericho and Omega. However, AEW did such a good job of introducing guys from the indies like Darby and Orange Cassidy that it's actually the only show of wrestling I watch in full. My question is, why are AEW so good at introducing new characters and WWE can't? P.S. Big thanks to Denise for the lovely thing she said about my son. You made his day and he insisted on showing it to all of his friends. Oh, that's so nice. I'm so happy. Um, in terms of the actual question, oh, that's a tough one. So WWE has had their moments recently where they've introduced new people where, you know, you, you can get excited about them. But then afterwards, because they're trying to protect so many people, they never pull the trigger. I mean, perfect example is Keith Lee. The guy has, you know, he was brought in he was made to seem like a big deal but then it just you know fell flat after that and then in terms of aew yeah they're making new characters seem you know they're they're giving them good light and all but at the same time they still have so many people that they haven't even gotten around to doing anything with and so I think that everybody has like their, you know, their different things that they need to work on. But I do think that AEW is doing a good job at bringing in people, especially because with the new talents, they're giving them specific things that, you know, just work well for them. Like one of them could be Orange Cassidy. Everything that he's been doing has been pretty cool. I like what they've been doing with Brody Lee. That's been fun. So you can pick and choose like certain things that they're doing. Both of these companies that, you know, are different. But at the same time, they can also be, you know, maybe learning from one another in certain different things. Yeah. And I'd also say that I don't think AEW is flawless in its introducing of new characters. Like, because, like, for every, you know, Moxley introduction, you had a, a Luther or the Dark Order. Like, the first time the Dark Order came in, and everyone was like, who? And, I, you know, the, the Luther one completely fell on its ass. But, you know, I think they, they have done a good job. Like, people like Darby Allen, I think they've done a really good job of, like, they, they've, obviously saw something in him or obviously do see something in him and want to really build him and build him. I think the same thing with Jungle Boy as well. I think they they really see something in Jungle Boy and I just, you know, it's a slow, slow burn of just getting you used to this guy, getting you in, getting used to them and then boom, this is when we pull the trigger on them. I think the same with MJF. I think when they are really invested in someone, then they are going f like hell to leather just to make sure that they get over. Um, yeah. And one of the things, because you mentioned MJF, I think in order to get over an AEW, you got to be really different. And if you think about it, the guys who they're actually focusing on are different. And those are people like you just mentioned, MJF, Jungle Boy, etc. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. We watched uh, All In for uh, the Patreon podcast um, in August. MJF was the opening match of that card. You know, it was MJF versus Matt, like M Dog 20. I'm a big M Dog 20 mark because I was a backyard wrestler back in my day. And uh, very poorly, I should add. Um, I've got the scars to prove it. And um, <laughs> so it was just like, but it was mad to see like MJF was on the show. And like, it, and it is like fully formed MJF that you see on TV now. He was doing it right there and then. And he lost that match. And it's, but like, you could always already tell from that that Cody knew that this guy was going to, is something special and would always want to work with him no matter where he went. Um, Jonathan Hedman says, hi guys, hope you're doing well. Hypothetical question for you. 
Do you think if AEW was around in 2011, would WWE have still done the CM Punk angle? Or do you think that it would have been even more over? Uh, maybe even held off on his return longer like they should have done to begin with? Uh, no, I, I don't think the AEW would have changed that. Like, I just think that it would have been, a, like Punk would have name dropped AEW uh, instead of Ring of Honor, perhaps, when he was doing his pipe bomb promo. Yeah, I don't think it would have been that much of a difference. And then it's just, it's so hard to compare because in order for AEW to have the significance that it has, it had to have, you know, everything that came along with it. It had to have the story of, the of you know, Cody Rhodes, uh, Kenny Omega, the Bucks, and all of that. Without that, with it just being just AEW, I don't necessarily think that it would have, you know, really added to the you know, to to the hype that AEW had. You had to have everything else that happened around it to, you know, really get it to be something where it's like, oh, AEW versus, you know, WWE. Because if not, we'd be saying the same thing about all these other promotions. Agreed. Uh, Marcus Sol Campbell, with a discussion around British snacks and shows, I'm curious, what Australian shows have you seen? And are there any shows that you particularly like? For me, uh, shows like Round the Twist will always be a favorite of mine as I watched it growing up and I'm currently re-watching it now. Are there any Australian shows that you're massively into? Australian shows. Have you? That, oh, well, I know that Ollie is currently, he was really into last month, uh, Married at First Sight Australia. He was really, really into that show. Uh, the only one I can really think of, though, is in the 90s, um, when I was a, you know, as a kid in the nineties and I would be looked after by a, a family friend because my parents were, were working until sort of like five, half five after I finished school. So I would go around to theirs and I would, they would just sit me down and I'd watch CICV or CBBC or whatever, CBBC. And um, after that, about half past five, Neighbours or Home and Away would be on. Neighbours would be on BBC One, Home and Away would be on ITV. And those are the Australian shows. That's pretty much my introduction to Australian culture is through Australian soap operas, Home and Away and Neighbours. Do they have like anything different about, you know, about them? Anything different I, from like American TV shows? Not really, although, yeah, not, not particularly. I think they feel more like American soap operas. Like, sort of having seen what I have seen of American soap operas, they feel more like that in the way they're sort of filmed and staged than they do British soap operas. Uh, but that's pretty much the only difference I could think of. And I only really noticed that now with sort of like, you know, 35-year-old eyes as opposed to <laughs> when I was 12 and I was just like, it is telly. Like, I am, <laughs> it is TV and I am watching it. <laughs> oh my God, telly. Telly's my favorite word now. Like, I forget that you guys say telly, so it kind of yeah. threw me off. <laughs> it's on the telly, mate. Um, um, telly. Me? <laughs> I feel like a pirate. I feel like a pirate. This is me. like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is me. Do you remember the podcast last week when you were trying to show me like how to do like how to speak speak like Spanish? Like, <laughs> it feels weird, right? Like it feels weird. mate and like I don't know what else <laughs> I say. Like it, it makes me feel like a pirate. Well, we've actually got a question about uh, British slang coming up, so we'll save oh. that for then. But there is a second part to the uh, question, which is just thoughts on Jordan Grace going for the X Division title. Love it. Anything that Jordan Grace is involved in, I'm in for. I think she's awesome. Impact has to do something different to stand out. And if they're willing to do it, because not a lot of companies are willing to do that, I'll tell you that they aren't willing to do it. So if they're willing to do it, they're willing to be different, by all means, go for it. Because at this point, you got to do whatever you got to do to get them ratings, get them viewers, get them headlines. 
Um, Matthew Makovsky, um, uh, when I was watching Raw, I thought during the official turn of Seth and Murphy, does it feel like they're going to have a match at Hell in a Cell and that will be the way to send off um, Seth Rollins so he can go we, uh, with Becky as she's due in a couple of months? I don't think it'd be in a Hell in a Cell, maybe because Rey Mysterio is staying. Eventually, they'll have Rey somehow write off Seth Rollins. And Murphy might still stay being a heel. Who knows? But I do think that Ray will be playing a part in this. Yeah, and I think Becky's still, she's not massively far off, but I think it's maybe more than a couple of months, maybe. I haven't been keeping oh. track. I don't even know when her yeah. due date is. No, neither do I. Probably should know. Um, Nick, or maybe I shouldn't know. Maybe it's weird I, that I, I was going to say, I feel like I should know because I'm a woman, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't even know like my mustard talk, how many weeks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything about pregnancy or anything like that. So I'm, dude, I'm not dude, helpful here. Dude, two of my like closest friends have just had kids like within the last couple of months. And like they dude, had them like a couple of no. Exactly right. And they had them a couple of parts from each other, like a couple of weeks apart oh. from each other as well. It's very, very sweet. And they're, they're beautiful little babies. But like, I feel like I should know more. But like, you know, because I've been, I've had nothing but conversations with them about like uh, pregnancies and stuff. And I still don't really know a lot. I still don't know much. <laughs> you don't want to know, Luke. I don't want to know either. All right. I hope you find out before I find out. <laughs> okay. And then, I'll, and then I'll let you know. <laughs> Thank um, you. Nick, <laughs> fellow said hypothetically if you could book a dream match between stars from two different companies based only on their current gimmicks and characters who would they be but this is weird then because nick's suggestion is a pre-tnt title cody that's a different gimmick so you can't so you're wanting a current gimmick i mean yeah i, I guess it's always gonna be it's always Wait, gonna so be like from any company is that what he's saying yeah two different companies are only on their current characters and gimmicks all right Jeff Cobb, Will Hobbs. Oh, that rhymes. That'd be kind of cool. Because <laughs> of their size. Um, maybe, okay, I'm, I'm brainstorming here. I feel I want to do something with Jay White and, and Hangman Page. I think I'm just booking more in sense of matches that I want to see. Maybe not their actual like, storylines. Yeah, because I think Nick, right yeah, I think. Nick kind of wants all the character stuff because, like, his you know, like, he wants to like Cody versus Eric Young because, like, Cody's going through his sort of like his Superman character. Eric Young is very sort of like Lex Luthor villain at the moment, so he thinks it'd be quite like a cool comic book style of things. So, yeah, so I think it just being characters like my favorite character, I guess, at the moment is Roman. So, but like, who would I want to see Roman face that's a great character at the moment? No, Not I was going to say like an MJF or a Moxley. Well, <laughs> Moxley. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of somebody that would be like, pull. no, because he's a heel right now. So maybe we'd want to have him with like one of the top. Huh, I don't know. This is complicated. I'm, I'm going to say Roman doing his tribal chief gimmick versus Cody because he's got the nightmare family behind him. He's also very much a family man. He's all okay, very much about good. that sort of thing. So maybe that could possibly work. That's good. I like that. I'll steal your answer because all I was trying to visualize this and I'm seeing all these different wrestlers in my head. And I'm like, okay, maybe that one with that guy. Nope, that guy with that guy. It's a mess. Uh, Andrew Donnelly, um, new pledge hammer here. Loving the podcast so far. Thank you very much, Andrew. Um, my question is, um, who would win at the WrestleTalk six-pack challenge between Ollie, Luke, Adam, Pete, Andy, and Laurie? Who's the one taking the pin? 
Andy is for sure taking the pin. I think Laurie is likely going to be the one to win. He is the fittest out of all of us. Um, that man goes climbing. He is easily the fittest out of all of us. I am a slob. I will be, I will just get gassed early in that match. Luke, you need a win. I can't have any losers on this podcast. So that's <laughs> it. I'm rooting for you. You're my pick. You need to be a winner, man. Thanks. If you can go out there, like if you could be my valet then for the match and you can no, just interfere on my no. behalf, you could just trip people up and I'll just okay, like steal yeah. the pin. You do all the work yeah. and I'll just get the glory after it. You know what? I'll do it. I'll be your Zelina Vega. Thanks, dude. Um, and on that one, is there any British slang you don't understand? Well, I don't really know any British slang. Like, what is British slang? Like, what are some slang words? I, I see what's been funny. Like, I didn't think about this uh, when I first started doing the uh, Rust Talk podcast we, uh, a few years back. Uh, the majority of our audience is American. But I still like, you know, I, there are a few British things I will say. Like, I will describe something as pants. Like, ah, oh, do you know what? That match was a bit pants. And a lot of people really didn't understand what I meant because I forget to you Americans, pants is trousers. Yes, pants is trousers, but you're saying pants like with a Z at the end, right? No, 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 just because like just pants. pants. Like, oh, you're saying pants because pants is yeah. yeah, definitely pants. Or you can say like, oh, I pants someone. That means that you pulled their pants <laughs> down. So, so yeah. is pants? Yeah, here in the UK, pants. pants Pants, yeah. So it's uh, pants is underwear. So like, uh, if I've got my underwear on, I'm put on my. I've got a pair of pants on. But does, but when so, you say like, like, oh, that was pants, does that mean that sucked? Yeah, it sucked. Yeah, like it's it was basically yeah, it was rubbish. So you just oh. like oh, pants. Okay, it's, it's yeah. so weird. <laughs> it's a very nineties bit of slang. I can't say that. Like, oh, that was pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try that next time. I don't like something. It was pants. Do you know what? I know for a fact that SRS doesn't watch this show. Do that on the Raw review on uh, next Monday. Next, yeah, when you do the Raw review, just drop it in there. Just casually. If there's something okay. you don't like, you're like, oh, that was pants. It was pants. <laughs> I'm going to practice it. I'm going to write it down and I'm going to do it so convincingly. Oh, it was pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's going to be the I need to learn more British slang, honestly, because all they really know, oh, I don't, rubbish is not really slang. Is that considered rub, like a slang word? I don't think it's a slang word. No, we just, things are rubbish. Nah, it's rubbish, that. Yeah, because it's just rubbish. Okay, but we don't say that here, though. It'd be, wait, but sometimes I've heard people say it a few times here, but more like in a like mockingly, jokingly sort of way. Not in like a very serious, like, oh, that was rubbish. That's because to you Americans, it's trash. Yeah, or garbage. Or shit. <laughs> <laughs> Denise Alcedo. Allowed to say that on here? Oh, okay. I've got to go censor that now. I've got to do editing work on this now. Oh snap! I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't God. know. I th I thought I was past all of that when Adam stopped doing this show, but nope. Denise Salcedo and her potty mouth. <laughs> oh my God! I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, Denise. <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> no, I just cost you extra work. All right, I'm talking. <laughs> Callum says, with Tanahashi being on AEW this week and AEW mentioning New Japan and Wrestle Kingdom on their show, do you think there is a relationship between them in the works? Uh, I'll let you answer this. I, me and Ollie talked to death about this on uh, the yesterday's AEW review. So I will let you. What do you think? Do you think there's going to be a relationship between the two? 
I'm going to go and say no, even though we saw a little, little tiny Easter eggs, you know, seeing Tanahashi do the third, the, you know, the message for Chris Jericho and all of that. And then seeing the footage with uh, Moxley and Lance Archer, I get all that, but I'm still going to say, I don't think so, because I think that New Japan doesn't really seem like the type of company that is just going to get over, you know, how they felt disrespected by AEW. So I'm going to go ahead and say no, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Don't take my word for it. <laughs> uh, Jesse Long. Oh, another fun one. Another fun uh, British slang word that you can use. So there's a TV show um, in the sort of late 80s into the 90s called Red Dwarf. And uh, because TV shows, you can't you can't really swear on, uh, on TV shows and sitcoms and stuff. So they, they would just invent words to be their version of, uh, of swearing. So in Red Dwarf, you'd be a smegget. Like you would be a... Uh, so smeg was basically their swear word they would use. So smeg off. You're a smegged. Uh, don't give a smeg what you think. So smeg. So S M E G. Smeg. 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 So it kind of replaces the F word. Smeg. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, calling someone a smegged. Get the smeg uh, out. Is that proper? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think more like so. You could call Sean a smeghead, and I think yeah. that would be all right. Yeah. Smeghead. Pants. All right. I'm going to try to remember all of this. I'm going to use yeah. whatever I learn here and to take it and, you know, just do good. Yeah. Do a smegging great job. Uh, Jesse Long says, if you could being John Malkovich into Tony Khan's head for just one hour and only once, who's the first indie wrestler you're going to sign to AEW? For me, it would be Effie. Um, also, Denise, uh, my wife also has a phobia of holes, along with cracks and repeating patterns. Her anxiety gets bad enough. It's called uh, trypophobia, uh, and it sucks if you, uh, but you're not alone. I am so happy that I'm not alone. It is not a fun phobia to have. I, I, <laughs> I feel for his wife, honestly. Like the anxiety that she gets over, I feel it. I feel it. Uh, in terms of the question, I feel like everybody that has feel like ooh, I feel that the biggest names have honestly been signed. Mm. The only one that came to head was Warhorse. Like, because, you know, Dan Housen's with um, ROH already. And I think like Warhorse is the sort of person that's got himself over so well through social media that, you know, it's, sort of, it's basically what the Bucks did. So I, I think that there is something you could. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say Warhorse is my pick uh, for this question. Plus he I rules ass. On this one. <laughs> And our last question comes in from Alex Kirkman, who says, Vince McMahon aside, which wrestler would you like to see a film made about their life and career? And who would play them? For me, it would be Jake the Snake, played by Johnny Depp. Also, recently watching the film Concussion, do you think a film made about Chris Benoit's horrific actions will ever get made? If it did, do you uh, you think it would harm the business or highlight the potential dangers and risks within it surrounding concussions? I believe... There is a movie. There was a biopic in the works about Benoit. Was I'm there? Sure. I can definitely see that being like a lifetime movie. I'm I've pretty seen so many sure. movies. I can see it happening. But aren't they? Weren't they going to make a Hogan one? Yes, there is. It's um, Chris Hemsworth is playing Hogan. Oh, um, okay. yeah, I want to ah. see that one because I just so, yeah. I don't know what you're going to be able to believe from that. Like, what really <laughs> did happen, and what is really just a lie. 
Dude, I if if you're gonna do a Hogan movie, particularly because it's Hemsworth, I want it to be all of Hogan's stories. I want him to be the inventor of the George Foreman grill. I want him to be the bass player for Metallica. I want all of like these crazy Hogan stories. Oh my god, that's what I, that's what I'm like. How are you guys gonna like really distinguish what he's like? You know, said is a lie and you know isn't a lie. I don't even know. Um, but who would be? Oh, and is it Bradley Cooper playing Vince? Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely right. That is, yeah. I also on the Benoit thing, I oh. just uh, just had a quick Google of it. There was a Benoit biopic, but it's been shut down by David Benoit. Um, he uh, didn't like how graphic the screenplay was. So apparently, the that was back in January 2020. So uh, apparently, the the film is now shelved. Well, murdering your wife and child is very graphic. So I can't imagine that not being graphic. So yeah. And that was uh, thanks to an interview that he did with um, Quizzlemania contestant Chris Van Vliet. What a nice guy he is. One of the nicest. And he's Canadian, so of course he's nice. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, films that I'd like to see of people. Do you know, like, um, God, he's got a really, really interesting, like, I, I think, like, Jake is, like, you know, an all-time because it's such a lovely, like, it's a rise, fall, and rise again. That's true. And then they're also doing Young Rock, but that's mainly on his, like, youth like mm-hmm. yeah. in the 20s, I think they said. Ah, I'm trying to think who else would oh, be. I, I, I hope they tell that story about he only had seven dollars in his pockets. If I had if I had a dollar for every single time I've heard that story, I'd have way more than seven bucks in my hand. <laughs> I'd have more money than the rock has. Yeah, you would, honestly. Uh what about do you think an Austin story would be good? I th- yes, I think particularly if you can dive into the more sort of controversial aspects of Austin's life, you know, like his, you know, tumultuous relationship with Deborah. I, mm-hmm. I, I think if you could go into that aspect of it, then perhaps, yeah. Like, I think that, like, if, if I'm going to have a biopic of a wrestler, A, I want them to have an interesting wrestling career, but also a very interesting sort of behind the scenes look as well. Like, maybe even a Jericho, because Jericho went so, like, he went around everywhere. But like his, I think I don't know if his personal life is as interesting enough to really have a biopic sur- like surrounding it, right? It's really got to be like a dramatic personal life, right? That's Just it, yeah. Which wild because he has like the roller, you know, the roller. I was gonna say roller coaster. Oh my god, the ro- uh, I was. <laughs> I was going to say rock and roll, but then I just thought about the roll without the rocks. I was like, oh, it's going to be roller coaster. No, but like the rock and roll lifestyle. That's what I want to say. He had that rock and roll lifestyle. So maybe they can pull up some stories there, but I don't really know. I mean, but they could put up some great stories from his book, though. His Well, his all three books, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he's done 12 books at this point. Yeah, there's, there's enough stuff to, to be mining from Jericho at this point. any big plans for the weekend Denise okay so what's today today's Friday I'm I'm gonna see I don't even know what day I'm on so okay (laughs) Friday watch the draft Saturday I don't think I have any Saturday plans is anything happening this weekend oh you know what Uh, maybe fix my car but that's about it and then Sunday I don't have anything going on Sunday either this is a very very boring weekend for me what's wrong with your car Oh, I have no idea, but apparently like a bunch of smoke came out of it and like turn on. <laughs> so smoke came out of my car and it won't turn on. I have to take it to the Jiffy Lube and find out what is wrong with my car. But as of right now, uh, Stevie the Jeepy is not in business. And it's been Steve. Stevie the Jeepy, yes. 
Oh, what an adorable name for a car. Yes, his professional name is Steve, but since he's a Jeep, <laughs> I call him Stevie the Jeep, the Jeepy. Um, but so today I got all dressed up, right? I was like, okay, I'm going to go drop off my mail, my mail-in ballot. I'm going to go take it. So I get all dressed up, right? And I grab my keys and I'm walking and I'm like, I don't have a car. What am I going to go in? So I had to borrow my grandma's car, but it was just so funny that I completely forgot and I just got all ready to go and there was no car for me to go in. Dude, I was like fully expecting to be like, oh, you know, the indicator's not working at the moment. Like, oh, my one of the blinkers gone. No, no, smoke came out of the car. Like that is terrifying. Yes, yes. It had to come back in a tow. It was so sad. Have you ever <laughs> seen your car get towed? It is no, the most depressing thing ever. Like your heart just breaks. It's like, it's the saddest thing ever. No, I've, I've been not like lucky with cars because the first car I ever got, I didn't learn to drive until I was like in my mid twenties. Um, yeah, I, I never needed to. Like I just like, I'd, I was walking to work or getting the bus. And like when I was at university, I was just walking everywhere. I never needed to have a car. So I've, I've never had one. And then, until I got into my mid twenties. Totally different lives. Totally. Here you gotta have a car. If you're 16 and you don't have a car, you're a loser. You're done. That's Your future's over here. You gotta have a car at 16 and you gotta be driving. <laughs> um, so yeah, I didn't get my first car until I was in my mid twenties. And basically it was given to me by a housemate because he was getting a new car. So he just gave me his one. I don't even think I probably fully registered or anything, but it was like when I, I had to take it for its MOT and it needed like eight nine hundred pounds worth of fixes on it so i just took it to a scrap heap and just like asked someone to scrap it off for me um but i've now got a new car uh which i've had for about five years now it's a, a suzuki swift so we call it minoru it's uh our, <laughs> our little baby minoru baby minoru that is so cute <laughs> that's hilarious it's a perfect that's, been doing... that's what we thought break down that's it it's never gonna break no. down that, that's the plan me and my wife, we were driving it just the other day and we were like, we're going to have this car forever. Like, there's no way that this car is ever. I mean, we were talking about like, you know, when we're getting it, we're getting an electric car at some point. But for now, this car is, this car is going nowhere. It would just this be our second car. Peak yet. Exactly. Oh, little baby Minori is going to do great. Um, but yeah, no, I've never had anything like terrible. I've burst a tire while uh, driving, but that's pretty much about it. Wow, you're so lucky. Everything's happened to me. Everything. I was driving on the freeway like last year and I was behind one of those like rink ding trucks and he dropped this big old box and it just like <sighs> I, I couldn't I was on the freeway. I was I couldn't break. I couldn't go anywhere. Like I just had to like run over that box. And it was pretty it was a pretty scary moment. And so I have I've had that happen. Like I've crashed the car a couple of times. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Everything's happened to me in like that car. Oh, I've been broken into. I've been robbed in that car. Yeah. Oh that God. happened too. I went to Expo Lucha and I got all this cool swag and all of it got stolen from my car. Oh, oh yes. that's so sad. Yeah. Oh, so everything's happened to me in that car. I'm not even kidding you. I've driven on the wrong side of the road in downtown LA <laughs> in that car and people were hollering at me. They were like, you're going the wrong way. And I was like, why is everybody yelling? Until I realized when I started seeing the cars coming exactly my direction and my friend was in the car and she started crying <laughs> and I had to pull over. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know this was a one-way street. It was a disaster. It was a real oh, okay. disaster. Okay, so it was like a one-way, because like, I mean, my knowledge of American Crossroads is like, it's like the four-lane system, right? 
Yes, but no, this was like a one-way street in downtown LA and there's so many of them. So sometimes it's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> and I was a new driver at the time and I just like made a right turn because, you know, it's so natural to make a right turn, but I couldn't make a right turn on that street. You see, and this is why you wait until you're in your mid-20s. That's why you don't start driving at 16, Denise. That's true. I I've done a lot of bad things in my life. Luke, you don't even know half of it. <laughs> Or maybe we could dive into in a future podcast. Um, to answer your question of what I'm doing this weekend, oh, Denise, I'm so excited this weekend. Um, because uh, my wife and I love this podcast called How Did This Get Made? Um, it's uh, it's a movie podcast. They review bad movies. Uh, we love the three hosts. Uh, Jason Manzoukas is a bit of a hero of mine. He's so, so funny. Uh, they're doing a live virtual show. Um, that is technically it starts tonight at like 2 a.m., but we're going to watch a replay on Saturday. But we're going to make a big deal out of it. We're getting dressed up. We're going to make ourselves a fancy meal to, pre to pretend that we're going out to a live show. And we're going to watch How Did This Get Made do their live broadcast. Well, live broadcast. That is our Saturday night. And we are so excited about it. That is so awesome. You know, I now I wish that somebody would do that to our podcast. Like, oh, Luke and, Luke and Denise are on. We should totally get dressed and, you know, have a party because Luke and Denise are on. Now I want that. I want yeah. that in my life. We'll put a personal play out. We'll put that out on Twitter to be like, get get dressed up to watch today's what show. What are going to eat? So, what are we going to eat? We're going to be making burgers. Um <sighs> Yummy. because we were like we were like well, what would we do if we were going out to the theater we were there was a place we used to go to get some of these amazing tacos so we probably would have done that but we kind of did something like that last week so we're going to do burgers we're going to make homemade chips we're going to have some corn on the cob maybe a little bit of coleslaw and we're just going to have a yeah super duper looking forward to it i'm basically going to recreate a kfc uh with a vegetarian style um, nice. getting a hash brown in there i'm getting a chicken burger oh it's gonna be wicked i can't wait I'm so jealous. You're always eating good food. I feel like that's your thing. Like you're always oh, eating yeah. really good, good food. And I'm just here eating trash. All I eat is Taco Bell. Yeah. Or rubbish. Um <laughs> rubbish. Yes, rubbish. It is pants. <laughs> Smeg. Um. I didn't think of how else to use Smeg. I was like, I'll just say Smeg. Smeg away. Just call someone a smeg edit. It always works. Um, yeah, I, I, me and my wife, we, we love cooking. So yeah, so it, it's a big, big thing for us. We're always like planning out meals. During, like in early in lockdown, uh, I made my wife a five course meal. Uh, and I spent the whole day like prepping it and sorting everything out so I could make her this wicked five course meal. She made one for me as well like, a couple of weeks later. But yeah, we, we wow. love cooking. Wow, I'm so jealous right now. I am so jealous. I don't even think I've ever had a five-course meal in my lifetime. <laughs> Better yet, have somebody make it for me. Dude, I had to make granita. I had to make a, a gin and tonic granita. It was it was a lot of work. Sounds really hard. I can't even say granita. <laughs> oh, I just said granita. <laughs> oh, man. That oh, is God. okay. Please get wild here, right? It's almost 1 a.m. in the morning. I don't even know what I'm talking oh. about anymore. Dude, I need to go and have another coffee. Uh, it's like, I need to, and you need to go to bed. That is all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, as always. Thank you so, so much, Denise, for, for joining Thank us. You. We love having you on the show. Um, Andy and Pete will be back tomorrow with a SmackDown review. We'll have all of the updates on the draft. And then me and Ollie will be back on Tuesday with the raw version of the draft. Lots to get excited about. Take care, everyone. Love you. Goodbye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.